Hey, Bad Blood listeners, Dr. Maya Shunker here. I'm dropping into your feed to introduce you to my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, which Apple chose as the best show of the year for 2021. The show blends the science of human behavior with storytelling to help us better understand how we each transform in the face of a big change. I wanted to share one of my favorite episodes with you today. It's with Theranos whistleblower Erica Chung. Erica's first job out of college was as a lab associate at Theranos. She realized early on that the company's proprietary technology was not delivering accurate blood results to patients. But when she tried to speak out to company leadership, she was silenced. And so even though she had so much to lose, Erica saw no other option than to blow the whistle. And just a heads up, near the end of this excerpt, there is a brief mention of sexual assault. Please take care while listening. You can hear my entire interview with Erica and other episodes by searching for A Slight Change of Plans wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you enjoy this episode. Erica completely blew me away. I had only worked at the company for seven months, so now I'm going to call my father and I'm going to tell him I need to quit a job that I only lasted seven months. And at that point, I was making more money than my dad had made working 10 years at the same company. You know, I had made more money at that job than my mom has ever made in her lifetime. So you have to explain to them, you know, is it the case that I'm just a a, a quitter? Like, am I just basically throwing my hands up and saying, like, I can't handle this? That's Erica Chung, a former scientist at the now infamous biotech company Theranos. Erica realized early on that the company's proprietary technology was not delivering accurate blood results to patients. But when she raised her concerns to company leadership, she was silenced. And so Erica decided to not only quit her job at Theranos, but also to report the company to government regulators. This carried huge personal risk. She had signed an NDA when she first joined the company, and so she feared litigation and criminal charges. But Erica saw no other option. Honestly, Maya, the idea of knowing what I knew and having not done anything and knowing that there was something that I could have done about it and I didn't do anything, like that's the real prison, right? Like that's the real purgatory. On today's episode, a Theranos whistleblower shares her story. I'm Maya Shunker, and this is A Slight Change of Plans a show about who we are and who we become in the face of a big change. In 2013, Erica Chung was 23 and a senior at UC Berkeley studying molecular and cell biology. She wasn't quite sure what she wanted her first job to be, but she did know she wanted to do something in the sciences that could have a big impact on people's lives. So she went to a campus career fair, and that's where she spotted a booth for the company Theranos. By that time, Theranos was making waves in the biotech world with its new proprietary technology, technology that could run a range of blood tests from just one single finger prick of blood and in turn revolutionize access to healthcare worldwide. Or at least that's the story Elizabeth Holmes, the founder and CEO of Theranos, was telling the world. Theranos had already started to roll out its devices for use by patients and providers in clinical settings by the time Erica showed up at the job fair that day. 
Erica was so excited by the idea of working at Theranos and decided to apply. And when, when they invite you to come in for an interview, it is with Elizabeth Holmes herself, right? And, and Sunny Balwani, the, the CEO of the company, which is pretty extraordinary, right? For someone coming out of college to have an interview with the CEO and founder of the company. What do you remember from meeting both of them? The first interview was with Sunny. And I remember just right off the gate, him looking at my my resume. And at this point, I'm really eager to get this job and him just really tearing into my resume and kind of being a little stern and straightforward with me. And I'm like, how am I going to turn this around? Like, I don't know if I'm going to get this job with the way that this person's questioning me. But then I kind of just said, you know, I am really excited to work with Theranos. I've been very impressed with Elizabeth Holmes and the, what she's managed to accomplish at such a young age. And it was amazing seeing his demeanor just shift really quickly. And from that moment, then he's like, okay, you know, it sounds like you'll be a good addition to our team and I want you to meet one other person. And so after that, I was able to then start speaking with Elizabeth. And so what was it like to meet Elizabeth Holmes? So initially when she came in, I think I was so starstruck. I had gotten so immersed in the very little of her world that I knew, but everything that was at least on the internet at the time, which was very sparse, uh, was really impressive. So I saw her, I was, you know, surprised that she was going to be the person that I'd be talking to in order to get this job. And um, I remember asking her questions about the technology and what we would be working on. And she said, well, when you work for the company, you know, I'll be able to disclose that. But for now, that's guarded under trade secrets. But yeah, I was I was really starstruck and just enthusiastic and excited. The fact that I got to work on what seemed to be cool technology with a mission that I really cared about and for a founder at that time that I seemed to be very impressed by, by the amount of work that, at least on the surface, they seem to accomplish already. You know, it's putting myself in your shoes. I can't imagine how exciting it must be to get a job offer from one of the hottest startups at the time. I think for me personally, it was my journey to even get into college, let alone go through college, was very challenging. And so I really saw Theranos as my own personal kind of redemption story to show people like I was competent, I was capable, that I had this great, amazing opportunity to make an impact working for a great person and everything else. And so when I had gotten this job offer, my parents were proud. You know, they were excited for me that this was my first inroad to my career. You mentioned having a tough time before all of this. Do you mind sharing? Yeah. So I you know, I grew up in a humble beginnings. I, I grew up in a low-income neighborhood. I lived with my mom and my dad and my three other siblings in a one-bedroom trailer. It was clear to us that it may be difficult to get into a great school. I really wanted to go to Berkeley, um, not being able to afford the same access to good schools. So I was homeschooled. So my parents invested a lot in my education. Both my parents were really hard workers. Um, but, you know, we struggled, especially in the early days of trying to just figure out how to uh, build up a life, especially because my parents had me really young. And um, yeah, when I got to Berkeley, it was this like huge accomplishment because it wasn't very clear if I was going to be able to do that. And when I got there, it was 
one of the most beautiful experiences of my life, but I had a lot of challenges within the first year of attending UC Berkeley. Um, so the first year that I was there, I ended up um, falling victim to a series of, of crimes. I was sexually assaulted by a group of men. I got robbed at gunpoint and then I was raped and it hit probably with all in a year time span. And I largely kept it secret from people because I didn't want to be a burden and I was uncomfortable and I was just scared and felt very threatened. I didn't really talk to anyone about it. And about a year in, I was really having a lot of problems just uh, with panic attacks and um, what later would be diagnosed as PTSD, but but we weren't very clear on what it was at the time because I wasn't really communicating with people that that these things had happened to me when I was 18. Wow, sorry, I'm just taking that in. Um, and so, um, so you're struggling with panic attacks, and I'm assuming what that means is at a certain point you're not sure that you're going to be able to graduate from Berkeley? Yeah. So essentially, I'm, I'm, I'm having panic attacks. I'm definitely not in the strongest mental state. My grades are really suffering. I wasn't sure if I'd be cut out for the sciences because I was like, okay, you're having such a tough time doing simple things like getting to class on time. How are you going to you know, accomplish doing some sort of complicated chemistry class? Uh, but I told myself, you know what? If they kick you out, then they kick you out. But for now, you just need to try and see this through and see where you get with things. I want to be able to study the sciences. This is something I'm passionate about. And luckily, I saw it through. And I wasn't the best student. And I failed more classes than <laughs> anyone would ever want to. Uh, but, I, but I made it. I repeated those classes. I stuck to my commitments. I said, OK, let's just try and see this through. And so when I say Theranos was this redemption story for me, it was my opportunity to say, OK, you didn't do so well when you're at university. But you know, you can start new here. And you can be a good scientist and a good researcher if you just apply yourself and uh, work for a great company that has a lot of opportunities for you. And and that's kind of where that was coming from was, okay, here we go. 